0: Well, good morning, New Cove. You guys, I love being able to look out and, and see each of you here. Some of you I know really well. Some of you I've yet to meet, but I'm, I'm, as I'm standing here behind this table, I'd be ecstatic to be able to run out there and, and hear a little bit about your story and, and get to know you. Again, my favorite part about New Cove is the people of New Cove and the stories that we bring to it and just who each of you are. And so I love that we can come together and to be able to, to dig into 1 Peter and be able to talk about what it looks like to find hope in hardship. Uh, before we get going today, a couple of things that I wanted to be able to, to touch base on. Those of you guys that are watching from home, uh, I guess first I want to put you at ease. Uh, those, I'm assuming that you, if you were here, you'd be in the front rows, or you'd want to be, and you would have only walked in to be disappointed because the front rows are blocked off for children that are going to come up here in just a little while, because we get to celebrate Linda Zachariasen in just a little bit. So so rest at if you're there on your couch tuning in or wherever you might happen to be. Uh, thank you for coming. I do want to give you a heads up, though. Uh, during this service, we're going to have communion, and so you might look and see what you have in terms of, like, if you have grape juice, that's what we're using. Uh, any juice or liquid will work. Uh, any type of bread or cracker or something of that sort, but when I'm done talking, then we're going to have uh, communion together, so we'll celebrate that uh, together, just giving you a heads up there. Before I get going today uh, and talking, I wanted to, to uh, do two things. One, uh, I want to spend just a little bit of time just praying uh, for Tim and Karen. Karen uh, has COVID, and so she's experiencing some minor symptoms uh, with COVID, so I just want to pray for her, and I know that, and he would want me to say it. Tim would want me to say this as well. He he hates for the focus to be able to come directly on him, uh, because each of us experience different hardships and things that we go through. And some of us in this room have also experienced COVID and on various levels and and those things. And so I do want to spend just a little bit of time praying for them. Uh, the words that we grew tired of uh, over the last year, out of an abundance of caution and then unprecedented. You know, those are two things that, that we're continuing to look at here, and so out of an abundance of caution, uh, Tim has, has stayed at home today, and, uh, and, and so we're, we're just thankful for him, and we're thankful for Karen, and so I do want to pray for them and anybody else that's experiencing those hardships. Uh, so, so let's just do that. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thanks for an opportunity to be able to come before you together. Thanks that we can worship you. Thank you that you are good and you are trustworthy and that we can focus our eyes on you uh, beyond circumstance and situation, uh, whether good or bad, uh, that we can trust you. God, I lift up Karen this morning. I pray, that, uh, I pray that you would be with her in the midst of the symptoms that she's experiencing. Um, God, I do pray that they would remain mild and that, uh, that she would be able to recover quickly. Um, God, we're so thankful for her and, and her heart for you and her desire to come alongside of people. And, and so I do pray healing uh, for her. And then God, also for Tim, obviously, in, uh, in the same household. I pray that you would protect him uh, from COVID and, and help them to be able to, uh, to just manage well. And God, with that, I lift up uh, everyone else, uh, anyone else in our church and beyond that's struggling uh, with illness, hardship, Uh, God, there's so many things out there that just break our heart, and and I don't know what to do with that other than to look toward you and trust you. And so, God, I pray that you would uh, be the comfort and the peace and provide confidence uh, that each of us need. And so I pray these things in your awesome name. Amen. Also, before I get started, uh, you should know that underneath your seats there is uh, an OCC uh, box, an Operation Christmas Child box, Tim wanted me to make sure to tell you, take that box, take it home, fill that bad boy up, uh, pack it, or even better, invite some, invite some friends or neighbors together and have a packing party. There's lots of information on how you can do that. In fact, there's a, a lovely table right out here in the gathering space uh, that you can stop by and there's some invitations there that are already written. All you have to do is, is uh, put the, the name of the folks that you want to invite on it and we can make an impact from right here in Lincoln, Nebraska, to be able to help others to know Jesus all across the world. And so that's what we're embracing. All right. Hey, so we've been uh, looking at 1 Peter, uh, and some of the things that I want to be able to uh, make sure that we, that we keep in mind. Peter reminds his readers that their outlook determines their behavior. Their outlook determines their behavior. In this case, What they believe about the future determines how they live currently. Uh, Just as our suffering or difficult times reveal where our hope lies, our actions reveal our belief systems. So this particular section of what we're about to go through, and and let me just say that again, Uh, just as our suffering or difficult times reveal where our hope lies, our action reveals our belief system. And so we want to be people that our actions line up with our belief system. Uh, as we're going through uh, 1 Peter, this is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, through uh, chapter 2, verse 3. So if you have your Bible, feel free to, uh, to pop that open. There's maybe some in the seat back pocket. I guess I hadn't checked. Otherwise, uh, if you have your handy-dandy uh, electronic device, you can open up your Bible app. You can also open up that on that Bible app. There's, a little, there's little bars at the bottom you can click on, and it says events. Then if you click on New Covenant Community Church, then you're going to be like, well, bam. Uh, all the notes are right there in front of you, so you can follow right along, and, uh, and all the scriptures tied in as well. Um, also, while I'm speaking, if you find yourselves uh, restless or something that I say sparks uh, a desire for prayer, we have prayer cards in the seat back pocket that I would love for you guys to take out Write on those prayer cards, so that we can, we can pray for you. That's what we like to do, is during the week, we get together as a staff, and we pray uh, through those prayer requests that come our way. Also, uh, you can do the, the QR code that's on the seat back pocket, and just let us know that you're here, and, and uh, maybe what response you might have with that. So those are all things there. All right, we ready? Let's do this. Hey, and by the way, I've been told a couple of times. Oh, so we're getting out early, right? <laughs> uh, seriously, uh, there are donuts afterwards, though, so I'm kind of eager. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Okay, so First Peter, chapter one, verse thirteen. And let me set the stage. This is when Nero is the emperor of Rome, and Nero is not good to Christians. And sometimes, in light of our current situations, uh, we think that we think the world is is turning on Christians. But there are unthinkable, unimaginable things that are happening to Christians during this time when First Peter is written so we 're talking about some wretched, horrible things uh, of torture and torment uh, that are happening to Christians and as I look around the room i don 't want to get into those uh, because we, just, we don't need to talk about that, but just to know wretched, horrible things. And here's where Peter is pointing people. Verse 13, So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come when, come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So the first point today that we're going to talk about is what you believe about the future determines how you live currently. Peter, tell, Peter, Peter lets us know that his, this reality is not all there is. He tells us that the world is marching forward to a final conclusion. The way you live, the choices you make, are important because there is an eternity to follow. The things you surrender your heart to are important because there is an eternal tomorrow. You simply cannot hold, you cannot hold to all that's important is my pleasures in my life. You cannot hold to that and believe uh, in eternity at the same time. So in light of eternity, it makes no sense to forget God and to live for yourself. So often I get caught up in, in living for uh, just trying to get to the point where, where I've got some nice runway in front of me and things are easy and comfortable and things that I enjoy and I'm looking out for those things. And guys, like, like for me, I'm, I'm constantly uh, chasing after that feeling that I used to experience when I was in, uh, when I was in school uh, as a college student or even before when you'd hit that point of winter break or Christmas break and you'd be like, that's what I'm pursuing. But that's wrong. If I can get my eyes up and seek to pursue knowing that eternity uh, is coming and we know how things end. Uh, So the idea is to pick your head up. Your pleasure, your happiness is not what you're living for. Also, the suffering that you're experiencing right now, the hardship that you're going through, that is also not the end. Our eyes do not need to be diverted to those things, but Paul, Peter here is, is helping us to, to recognize that we need to pick our eyes up. Let's move on to verse 14. It says, So you must live as, Jesus, as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into the old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy, for the Scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Well, what does holy mean? Holy means separate or set apart. We must be different. But I want to also point out that that uh, that Peter's not starting right here. He's not. He's not just saying, "Hey, shut up and be holy." That's not where it starts. We're to be holy and set apart as an understanding of what Christ has done for us. That He has He has made it so that we can set our eyes on eternity with confidence. We can look toward Him. We know what's coming. And so out of gratitude, our understanding of who God is and His love for us, out of that gratitude, that's how we can seek to be holy and set apart. Point two, uh, you are to be set apart. You're to be distinct. God has chosen and called them out out from among the nations to His holy and special people. He had set them apart as, visible, as a visible demonstration of his own holiness to be shining lights in the world. As representatives of God's kingdom, they were to represent God's presence and point to his greatness. But in order to do so, they needed, they needed to be like their king. We are to be like he is. Which, by the way, as we go through this, one thing, if, if you get lost in, in all that, that I'm carrying on talking about right here, or we get lost in this, I want you to listen for something. When we get to the point about talking about a third way of living, we're going to define or talk about what the first way and the second way might be in terms of, of religious living, but the third way of living is who we want to be. And so I want you to be able to, when you hear me talk about the third way, just know if you leave here today and you get lost in all of this, I want you to walk out this door, and I want you to think, I want to live the third way. So, so hold tight to that. God is distinct from His creation, so we're talking about God being holy. He is unstained by sin. Holiness, set-apartness, is central to who God is. Everything about Him is in a class by itself. He calls his people to pursue holiness by seeking to please him in every dimension of their lives. This is a, a quote from Tony Evans. I love Tony Evans. Like he can take anything and say it, and I'm like, yeah, we're behind you, I'm with you. Got this. Uh, but God calls his people to pursue holiness by seeking to please him in every dimension of their lives. Which dimensions? That's right, error one. Um, by the way, as I throw out the error one, these are just all sorts of little intermissions. I brushed off the plaid today for the first time this this uh, season because tonight, and I see some students in here, which I'm super stoked to see students in here, tonight we have our hoedown, our high school hoedown that we've been doing for so many years, I can't even count, uh, but we get to do a little barn uh, barn party with hay rack ride and... and uh, and bonfires, and some square dancing, some good old-fashioned square dancing, uh, we get to hop into all that, so, so I'm super ecstatic uh, about tonight, and about all that, that goes with that, but enough about that, let's keep talking about uh, God's holiness, because, and this goes perfect, because Louis Giglio says, um, I don't want to be average, I don't want the easiest path, I want to know God intimately and deeply, and I want my life to defy human explanation. How amazing would that be? If those around you, you just seemed so different that they were like, I cannot even begin to explain that person. And then we are just able to point. There's, no, <laughs> there's really no explanation for this. It's all It's all Jesus, and in light of eternity is who I am. Um, So we would be different in how we suffer, different in how we treat others, different than those around us. So here's this new thought. Here's the part about third-way people. This is an old thought, uh, something that people have talked about for a long time, Um, but it's maybe new to us and something that we haven't talked a lot about. The early Christian church had an interesting nickname for 21st century Christians. Uh, That most of us are unaware of, sometimes called the third way. The first way, if there's a third way, there has to be two other ways. The first way was a reference to how some religious expressions catered to culture by reflecting it. So the first way of living out your religion is to be able to reflect the culture around you. Just embrace it, reflect it, and make it a part of everything uh, that you believe. The second way is to isolate themselves from culture. This one's maybe more common, and maybe we think about it, but uh, the other religious way was to say, this is what I believe, therefore I am over here believing this thing in an isolated situation, in an isolated space. The first way undermined the uniqueness of their belief system and the way of life. The second way would have kept them safe on the margins, safe... But irrelevant, and all this comes from uh, comes from a, a gentleman named Jared uh, Gerald Sitzer, uh, who is a professor that kind of talked about these different cultures. Instead, uh, Christians did neither. So during this time, uh, we're calling Christians to do neither of those things, but to choose a very visible, visible third way. That simultaneously engaged the world while not compromising their beliefs. Hence their nickname. As commonly put, they were in the world but not of it. Remember when Jesus said, Love God, love others? Remember when the Old Testament said, Love God, love others? They were in the world, they loved, they were a part of it, they loved God, and they loved others. So here's where we've been so far. Uh, A couple points that we've touched on. We said, what you believe about the future determines how you live currently. We said, you are to be set apart, distinct, living out a third way. Next, I want to be able to talk about you have a choice in how you relate to God. Verse 17 says, and remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge you. Or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in this land. Those who come to God through Jesus address him as Father and are to conduct themselves in reverence for God by taking him seriously. God expects his kingdom his kingdom kids. So get that? We use that downstairs a little bit, being a kingdom kid. If we are, in fact, brothers and sisters, if he is, in fact, our father, that makes us his children. And so he has expectations uh, for his children. Um, God expects his kingdom kids, then, to look like him. Since he is holy, we are to be holy. So, Tony Evans also said this, and I I can get behind this stuff uh, so good. Non-Christians should be viewing you as a little strange because you're seeking to conform to God's standards and not to the world's. So, some of you guys are like, Troy, you're nailing that. Way to go. (laughs) You're, You're a pretty strange fella up there. Nice job. Way to go. But we should all be just a little off. How we experience what comes our way, we should react a little bit differently in light of God and who he is. In light of two things. One, out of our gratitude for who God is and what he's done, we should desire to be like him. But because we can also pick our heads up and we know how the story ends, we know that all that happens right in front of us that, that takes our attention day after day, that's not how it ends. That's not where our focus should be. And so we have the ability to pick our eyes up and to be a little bit strange. That's right. Okay. Uh, verse 17. Oh, in verse 17, uh, there are two things that, that, that uh, I think we can learn here. People have a choice in how they relate to God. He can be a loving father if they trust in Christ, so Jesus made a way for us to be able to call God our Father, uh, or he can be a holy judge if they rely on their own merits or performance of religious rights, rules, procedures, etc. Why are we called to be set apart? Well, verse eighteen, I feel like, really starts to address that. So I'm going to read that next. And as we read verse eighteen, know that we're going to come back to this at the end of service, and and this is going to be the basis for us being able to to have communion, to share in communion together. So verse eighteen says. "'For you know that God paid a ransom to save you "'from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. "'And the ransom was paid. "'The ransom He paid was not mere gold or silver. "'It was the precious blood of Christ, "'the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. "'God chose Him as your ransom "'long before the world began.'" but He has now revealed Him to you in these last days. Verse 21, Through Christ you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because He raised Christ from the dead and gave Him great glory. To redeem is to pay a price for someone else's freedom. Jesus Christ paid a price for our freedom from sin. Number four. Your way into God's family has been paid in full. This is important for us to know. It has been paid. You can't redeem yourselves. In fact, under Israel's sacrificial system, to atone for sin, we would have to find a a, uh, a lamb that was unblemished, spotless, and we would cast all of our sins upon him and then send him off... Uh, to slaughter, and that's how we atoned for our sins. And how long was that good for? Christ, however, is the perfect lamb once and for all. He was without sin. First Peter two twenty two tells us he never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. First Corinthians six nineteen through twenty says, "Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given." to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor him with your body. When the Bible talks about the shedding of blood, it means the losing of life, because blood is life. Our holy God demanded a price for sin. He met our own demands through the sacrificial death of his Son, who redeemed us From slavery to sin. You have been set free from sin. That sin that so easily entangles you, on and on and on, Christ has set us free from that. Verse 21, Through Christ you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because He raised Christ from the dead and gave Him great glory. He redeemed paid the price for us through Christ, raised Him from the dead, and gave Him glory. We've been transferred from slavery to family. So our faith and hope are in God. Uh, Because you're a part of God's family, uh, verse 22, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth so now you must, show your, you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers, the flower fades But the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. So we get all of this, all this information, which we should hold dear to. We should know that uh, Christ's love for us through that, and we have confidence. And now because of that news, we can pick our eyes up, not looking on the things that clutter our world right now, but pick our eyes up and we're able to look toward eternity. Uh, so now we're into chapter 2, verse 1. You're going to see the word therefore, and we always ask the question, well, what's it therefore? Well, <laughs> let me just tell you. Uh, this shows that the following discussion is based upon what we've, what's been stated before it. The therefore is, now that you know this information, that you've been transferred from slavery to family, this is what we can do. Uh, Therefore, get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind speech. Because you've been set free, you can cast those things off. So, uh, another way that it's put in the Amplified Version so put aside every trace of malice, and all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander, and hateful speech. Or the message so clean house, make a clean sweep of malice and pretense, envy, and hurtful talk. You've had a taste of God. So how do you do that? One way that we were explaining this with students is if I gave you a piece of gum and you just took the gum and you didn't know to take the wrapper off. Let's say I gave you extra gum, which is extravagant love, right? And I gave you that gum and you didn't take the wrapper off and you just started chewing. You're going to get some of the taste Of the gloriousness of God and who He is, but unless we're willing to peel off that wrapper, to peel off those things that so easily entangle us, those things like, I don't know, deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, unkind speech. This isn't an exhaustive list. I think we could probably add to it, but peel that off so that you can experience fully the blessing of God and who He is. So, how do, we, how do we do this? We need to make sure that we feed what grows. Uh, one statement that I really love is, what you feed grows, what you starve goes. So how do you live out in a strange world in the midst of, as a third way, someone who loves others and loves God? I guess I would liken it to some of you guys that are way more disciplined than me, like you can go to a Super Bowl party or maybe even experience Halloween and not throw yourself off when you're trying to be disciplined about what you eat. So when I go to Trunk or Treat, I will probably find myself indulging in some treats. Some of you are able to be a part of something like Trunk or Treat and still not throw yourselves off in terms of of your goals or the things that you're starting to put about. So I just went from spiritual to now physical to be able to think about, like, how do we think about this? How do you actually cast this off? How do you actually be a person that is uh, living this out so that you're in the midst of all that is around you. Well, we have to be careful what we feed ourselves with, and and what we how that goes. So, let me. Uh, here's how I'd like for us to be able to respond today, as we talk about and think about feeding what it is that grows. And guys, some of us, I guess, I want to make sure that I touch on this part. Some of us are feeding ourselves with some things that are just not healthy and not right. So here's what's happened. Some of the things that we feed ourselves with, the news, the media sources, have moved from informing us to transforming us. So rather than being something that informs you and your perspective, it now transforms us and it shapes who we are and our inability to be able to look at eternity. So here's a couple of things that I would love for us to be able to take in to be able to respond. There's a Bible reading plan. It has a little bit more activity uh, to it than uh, than what we've been used to, but it's called uh, Rise Up and Stand Firm, and it's a study on First Peter, and so we'd love for you to be able to dig into that. Also, uh, I want us to be able to, to take communion today. Hopefully, as you came in, you saw uh, the little communion packets, and I want us to look back at uh, verse 18, which says, for you know that God paid a ransom for you from the empty life. You've been set free. And so as we take communion, we are remembering that. We're remembering the fact that Christ died for us for our sins. And so if you guys would, just take out your communion packet. God, I am so thankful for you and the life that you offer us. And that that life comes from from your death on the cross. That you care that much, that you sacrificed your life once and for all that we don't have to rely on our own merit. So if you would, take this uh, wafer and eat. And God, we trust you and we thank you for your body on the cross. And now, God, we thank you. uh, We know that without the spilling of blood, without the atonement of our sin, we are dead in the water. Thank you that this liquid as we drink it, may we know that you offer us life, true life. You offer us the life that allows us to be able to pick our heads up and to look beyond our current situation and our current hardship or our current blessings to be able to focus on you and to trust in eternity. Jesus' blood. Father, thank you that you love us that much. God, I pray that you would equip us and help us to know what it means to be able to live in a third way, that we would embrace our culture, that we would fully trust you. God, help us to be strange for you. And I pray this in your awesome name. Amen.